We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Eric Lammers, lead recruiting analyst for Penn State Rivals Network. To find everything from Eric and his team at Penn State Rivals, just go over to PennState.Rivals.com. And if you're interested in more from Keystone Sports, just download the Keystone Sports app wherever you get your podcast. Eric, how you doing this week? Ready to talk some more Penn State recruiting? Yeah, I'm doing well, Jim. I'm ready to be back with you and ready to start you know, talking Penn State for sure. Fantastic. We've been talking about quite a bit about the class of 23, talking about a lot of the commits. Now I want to get to an area linebacker where Penn State doesn't have any commits for the class of 23, but they're involved with several really good players. So let's hit on a few of them. I'm going to start this way. Let's kind of classify them as outside linebackers, inside linebackers. Let's start on the outside with two names uh, that you have given me in my notes here. Tony Rojas, he's a six foot three, 200-pounder, four-star from Fort Fairfax, Virginia. The other outside linebacker that we're going to talk about is Tamir Robinson, 6'3", 220. He's a four-star out of Pittsburgh. Both very good prospects, right? Yeah, both are very, very good prospects. Obviously, both have you know numerous offers out there, um, numerous options. Both have been some guys that Penn State staff's been on, been getting them on campus, you know, very high on, and would love to have them as part of this class. I think you know, starting just with Tony Rojas, you know, he's a Obviously, you mentioned his weight there. You know, he's um, you know, going to need to add some weight as he looks to get to that next level and kind of how he fits in at the next level. But the thing that really sticks out about him when you're looking at the film is just his ability to get off the ball, uh, his ability to bend. His, he makes a living by playing in the backfield, right, because he's just back there disrupting things so frequently. Um, whether it's the running back or the quarterback, he's getting him, getting after them and, and showing that ability to bend. So, you know, can he keep all that as he puts on the weight? You know, that's what we'll have to monitor with that. But the Penn State staff is very high on him. And Rojas is very high on them. You know, he, coming out of his visit back in January, uh, he mentioned that he specifically mentioned that Penn State was a place that he could see himself at, almost kind of giving you like a, a wink, right? Like just – Make sure you're watching me and Penn State throughout this whole entire thing. And, and so we've been very uh, cognizant of that and make sure that we've been watching that. Now, he's going to have continue to have other schools coming in on him, right? And so, like, he just went down to Clemson this weekend for a visit um, this past weekend, came away with an offer. And obviously, when you get start getting programs like that involved, more and more things are going to happen. How, how does that shake up his recruitment? It's not going to do anything to, I don't think, diminish his relationship that he's built to this point with the Penn State staff but it's just going to give them something else that they have to compete against. Not to mention he also has, um, obviously being a Virginia athlete, you know, he's going to be a priority for both those schools down there, Virginia and Virginia Tech. And obviously, you know, Virginia Tech with Pry, uh, Coach Pry is very familiar with him and having built a relationship, a long, a long relationship since even when he was at Penn State. So Rojas is somebody to watch. I think he's got somebody that we have to keep an eye on. I think for him, what's 
what we're really monitoring is how quickly does he get back on campus? When does he return to, to, to Happy Valley? If he does that sooner than later, then I think that raises your antennas, and I think you start thinking, hmm, yep, I think something could be coming. If he pushes it off, starts taking some other visits, not to say that doesn't, again, that does not diminish where things stand with Penn State, but I just think it's something that maybe it goes a little longer than maybe even Penn State was hoping, right? That can happen. Uh, and then you got, you know, you, and then you mentioned, obviously, Tamir Robinson there, right there in um, uh, Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania has a really good crop of talent still out there for the Penn State staff to chase. And Robinson is right there at the top of that board for them as one of the main guys that they're looking to secure in this class, one of the guys that they've done a tremendous job of building a relationship with uh, and making him feel like a priority. You know, he had a knee injury this past season that kind of shortened his uh, season. Penn State staff was phenomenal with him throughout that injury making sure they were staying in contact with him, making sure that they knowing that his offer was still on the table, just making sure that he felt the love. So he's been one that's been consistently on campus. Uh, he's one he was supposed to go visit Notre Dame back in January. That didn't happen, which is when those visits don't happen, that's a good sign. Um, he did visit West Virginia this past weekend. So I think schools are going to continue to be in the mix, but I think that they're all chasing at this point. Everybody is chasing Penn State. From, if I'm Penn State, again, how quickly can I get him back on campus? How quickly can I get him to commit um, would be what's in my back of my head. And the reason being is we're going into that uh, spring session. You're going to have more and more guys on campus. You want to get that momentum kind of ramps back up. And this is the perfect type of prospect to do that with, uh, just giving his uh, notoriety, giving his ranking, giving you know, just how much star power he carries, I guess. So if I'm Penn State staff, I am encouraging him to get on campus sooner than later so that I can continue to build uh, this class around him and make him a focal point of it. Is it fair to say, uh, interpreting what you're saying, it sounds like with both Rojas and Robinson, Penn State's the team to beat in the recruiting process for both of them? Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. I, I mean, obviously, I think I feel better probably about – uh, Robinson right now just because I do think that he has made it very clear that kind of Penn State is that school now again Rojas as well but, but but when you see Rojas go down to Clemson right and get an offer from them you know kids are kids are kids right and so you have a school like that that comes in and puts that bug in your ear extends an offer to you like that I mean that's that's a big deal and so what else can I go out there and earn? Or maybe now am I vibing with Clemson a little bit more? How, how firm is my relationship with Penn State? All different things that these kids are going to kind of come pops up into your head that you're going to have to answer. And those certainly could happen with Robinson as well. Um, but I just think, I just get the vibe that he's, he's definitely leaning more and more towards Penn State. Um, again, Rojas as well. But I just, you know, we'll see. How quickly can they get both of them back on campus is what I, you know, what you want to be uh, looking for here. As a fan, I have to admit, when I start hearing those couple names, Clemson involved or Alabama involved or Ohio State involved, you do get a little fearful because those are those elite names. It's hard to say no to them when they, they come calling. Sure. Yep. Those are the outside guys. The couple names on the inside are also a couple Penn State guys. We have uh, Phil Picotti. Uh, 6'3", 225 out of Percocy, which is down near Philadelphia, four-star. And Josiah Trotter, 6'2", 225, he's actually from Philadelphia. And I think some of us old guys, we remember his father being a pretty decent player also. Yep, so both these guys are kind of your 
prototypical inside backers. They got that size that you're kind of already looking for in terms of that weight where they're at um, and the height and the length and things like that. So they are kind of, you know, a little bit more ready-made, you know, whereas Rojas, and we talked about in that earlier segment with the, with the outside linebackers, Rojas put on some weight. And Robinson, he's just such a freaky athlete. You just don't really know where his body's really going to take him. But these guys I really feel confident in terms of saying, that they're inside backers, right? And they're pretty darn good ones at that. They love physicality, which is what you're looking for out of that position. Um, they love to, you know, hit um, there in the box. And then they also, are, uh, they have enough speed to them. They have enough, you know, wiggle to get out and move and, and make things so they're not just a, just a typical downhill Mike linebacker. They can give you enough, uh, you know, make enough plays in space where they can be a threat still all over the field. You know, Cody, I think, you know, think about him. I think it was really down to Penn State and um, – Notre Dame there for a while. I really thought that was down, you know, that those were the two schools that we need to be monitoring. Notre Dame, I think, ended up going in a different direction at that line with their with one of their linebacker positions, which took them kind of out of the mix. Okay, great. So that Penn State moved them right back up into the top spot, maybe. Well, I think Michigan's kind of knows their way into this one as well. And so I think it's really a Michigan-Penn State battle. Um, you know, I think Oklahoma is another school that's kind of on the outside. I would say on the outside, but they're another school that's just trying to, you know, keep themselves in that top three mix. You know, he's visited there um and you know but does distance become a factor you know big 10 football you know how much you love that right and so or in the midwest and things like that so michigan penn state i really like how both of them are sitting i really like where penn state's at with this one again again comes back to getting him on campus right now trotter uh trotter you know he's obviously an interesting his brother actually plays at clemson and so um, he's a he's an interesting one for the for the Penn State staff to kind of evaluate. Anytime you anytime it's tough when you're in the when you're in a recruiting personnel department or you're on a coaching staff in college football and you're recruiting a young man and you know that he's got a brother that's at another school at that time like he's he's at this school right now, um, so at, he's at Clemson. It's tough because it's already almost a foregone conclusion that the younger brother is going to follow to you know follow them in their footsteps. Is that always the case? No, but I think probably the law of averages would tell you that more times than not, that's what happens. And so inherently, these staffs, uh, whether it's Penn State, whether it's when we were at Vanderbilt, whether wherever it's at, right? Inherently, you're kind of thinking, well, I just think that's probably where he's going to end up going. So how much are we really willing to uh, commit to this one? Do we have a real chance? What I'll say to that is, I know that that. Manny Diaz in particular is very high on Trotter. I know that Manny Diaz in particular has done a tremendous job in this in this recruitment and giving Penn State at least a chance uh, to be in the ballgame. I think that comes down to them and Clemson uh, for Trotter. Ultimately, does he go to Clemson? Does he follow in the brothers' footsteps? I think a lot of people would say that's where they're going to you know, peg him at this point. But again, I know that the, uh, Coach Diaz and I know that the Penn State staff at least feels to this point that they've done enough to at least be in the conversation. And when you ha- when you find yourself in something like this, I think that's all you can do, and then you kind of let the cards fall as they may. But I, yeah, I think I feel a little bit better about, um, you know, Cody at this point. I think that he's um, – I just think that he, he's kind of down to two schools, I think, and I think Penn State very well can win that battle between them and Michigan. Uh, obviously, Michigan has got a great tradition of linebacker play and, and in the Midwest as well, so it's not a slam dunk by any means, but I just – I feel like – you know, he's probably a little bit slightly ahead of uh, realistic um, addition to this class at this point between him and Trotter. You know, it's funny you, you talk about having to deal with the brother connection. Penn State fans are very well aware of that. Just a couple years ago, Nolan Rucci, whose father played at Penn State, but his brother was at Wisconsin, 
and he followed his brother to Wisconsin. So uh, it's a it's, it's a tough battle to. And uh, I've had the conversation with parents. I've had the conversation with parents who's you know trying to have their kids recruited. Um, I've had the conversation with coaching staffs. Inherently, we just are all kind of that's how we just everybody thinks. They say, well, I think you're going to follow unless there's something there. There's some type of dynamic that everybody's not really aware of, or unless that older brother goes to a school and just has a really bad experience, something like that. But other than that, most times, more times than not, you're going to see those brothers kind of link up again. It just kind of is and, what and it is. And you hit it. If, if the older brother has a positive experience at a school, it's obviously an advantage because no matter how much Penn State and the staff and other players say how wonderful it is there, if you've got the brother who's actually lived it out, that's a voice you know that you can trust. Now, exactly. going back to this, it sounds like they're all, all four great prospects, all four heavily considering Penn State, but how much do these kids, do they talk to each other? Do you have a situation where, you know what, there's three linebacker positions and we're talking about four linebackers. Is this a situation where Penn State will stop at three or if they can get four, they'll get all four? Yeah, I think it's really, it really depends on you know, the grander scheme of things in terms of how many numbers you have available in this class and how do you rate these guys. It's certainly a, a good problem to have, certainly a problem that you're going to come across more time, uh, a few times uh, in this business. Um, and really what it needs to come down to is, okay, we've got, we were slotted to take three linebackers in this class. We have a chance to take this fourth one. How does this fourth one as a best player available stack up at either a position of need or a position of value to our roster in the long in the long uh, long term? Right? Is does having a fourth linebacker make sense as a best player uh, best player available? Does that make sense as opposed to maybe taking uh, another wide receiver or another DB uh, as a best player available? You know, and how do those guys stack up? All questions you have to be able to answer if you're Andy Frank or you know Kenny Sanders and those guys that are leading the recruiting department there for uh, Penn State when Coach Franklin comes into the room and wants to know what's going on. Fantastic, Eric. That is it, though, for this edition of the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.